Right, Rockstars, welcome to another No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. I'm Andrew Houston, CEO and founder of Profit for Contractors. And guess what? We are going to be getting into part two, which is all about how do we land these prospective new hires. We talked in part one about how do we attract them? How do we find them? Okay, now it's about how do you land them, okay? We're going to talk deep with Jay Carter uh, on, you know, how you can do this yourself how, you know, we've got something that if you want through some of these tips and strategies, how we can get it done with you or how we can do it for you. Okay. So we're going to be talking about that topic and all three approaches, do it yourself, done with you and done for you. And I'll see you on the flipper dipper side. Ciao. Until right now, this very moment, contractors have always been on their own, not as tradespeople, but being alone and knowing how to take their business to the next level. They call us working class, they call us blue collar. They say that we don't have the smarts to become the business owner that we're meant to be. That is such bullshit. You have the ability. You're more than any of that. The question really is where do you get the insights that you need specific to contracting to systemize your business so you can get your profits to pay for your freedom? I'm Andrew Houston. I'm going to show you how to make more profits, how to get more control, how to get more freedom in the simplest, quickest way possible without any of that bullshit. Welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. Listen up, level up, and if you learn something, like the video, subscribe to the channel, change your business, change your life. All right, Rockstars, welcome to another No Bullshit Podcast for all you contractors out there. This is part two of the hiring series, and I've got back with me, okay, in the think tank, um, I got Jay Carter. We talked about uh, part one uh, of this. It was about, you know, how do we attract applicants? So go back to that one if you haven't watched it. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the most important phases is now that you've attracted them, like how do you, how do we actually go about landing these people? Okay. We're going to be talking about uh, specific strategies to help you guys, actual things that you can use and apply um, real time, no bullshit. So Jay, welcome, buddy. Yeah, thank you. So this is near and dear to your heart because you you've got scar tissue all over your whole body, right? Of of having the you know of the consequences of not getting this part as far as the recruitment part nailed down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I can speak to uh, you know exactly that. The you know I'll call it trauma of you know realizing you have a very fast growing company in terms of sales and marketing and really nailing it there, and then realizing that your recruitment's not able to keep up to it. And, um, you know, we've seen a number of attitudes, I guess, and, uh, you know, some trends that have changed and changed quickly, um, especially as we've headed into, you know, labor shortage and, and, you know, different generations joining the workforce. So again, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat in terms of uh, fighting this battle. Um, and a lot of times it feels like we're fighting ghosts, um, you know, so, well, you, know, you know, you know what, just to put things in the context. You know, so that everybody you're listening in, you know what this part two is all about. Just to be clear, and I should have maybe, you know, mentioned this was there's sort of like three phases of of a hiring system and recruitment, right, Jay? There's yep. there's there's basically sort of put into a little bit of a uh, a bundle to find and attract, right? And then we got the landing them, right? So we, you know, we 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 found them, we attracted them, they raised their hand. 
right? They're like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit interested. Okay. Or maybe, Hey man, I'm really, really interested, but they've got some form of interest. They've raised their hand of some form of inquiry. Um, that could have been through a lot of different channels, which we'll talk about could have been through social media, could have been through, you know, direct, you know, phone call could have been through email or, or text or fucking, you know, them sending you some sort of resume. Then we got the next phase, which is the landing them. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. We're going to be talking about some of the, the, you know, the pain points first so that you guys can recognize here's what we're going to solve today. And then the last one, which is part three is going to be about, you know, how do we uh, retain these people and really build an A team? And that's not only going to talk about these new uh, employees, that's also going to talk about retaining top talent that you've currently got. So without further ado, part two. Um, Jay, what are some of the biggest pain points that you would mention that you think would resonate with the audience listening in when it comes to landing? What are some of the symptoms that, that... Yeah. So, so again, you really have to take a step back and realize that, Hey, you know, we do have a different, um, a different generation coming in. Okay. Yeah. Now the tactics we used with the past generation, and I'll speak for my, I'm a, I'm an old millennial. Okay. So I'm the, the first of the millennials. <laughs> um, and it seems like there is a very distinct line as, uh, you know, guys have come into the workforce where old school would have been, you know, you call somebody up, you know, maybe your nearest, you know, the guy that, you know, that has a work and you get a job, you go to work for them all as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you get to the job and you just show up and you start working. All right. That has changed. Okay. So when we started to really take off with the internet and and in the last few years, especially, um, we've gotten gotten more towards this ghost culture. Okay. So millennials will engage with you. All right. And then they'll just disappear. So, I mean, it's, it's absolutely wild to watch, you know, where we bring in a ton of applications. Um, you know, we go to call the person and just nothing, just totally ghosted. So we, you know, we really, in suffering with that problem, we had to step back and and get to the the bolts and nuts of it. All right, like why is this happening? Like why has it changed so dramatically? And it's exactly as this you know the, the younger generation is coming in is because culture has said that's okay. All right, and for me, I started off doing the wrong thing and being personally offended and ripping up the application, and that's it. That he's dead to me. And what I realized very quickly is that is the wrong approach. So a lot of guys will think, hey, his loss, right? Right. So somebody applied for the job, showed some interest, and then they dropped off the radar. They're lost. I don't need that guy. Right. I'm going to move on to the next. The problem being is there is only so much in the pool, okay? Right. Um, and you have more competitors vying for that same pool, all right? So... One of the big things that's changed, which we have to accept, and this is a mindset thing, is that you are going to follow up with a recruit more often and more frequently than you would like to. It's right. not going to be a one-call close. It's going to be uh, more like a courtship, all right, that we're going to play a dance with them. And what doesn't work out now does not mean it won't work out down the line. So we have so, to... So the first, yep. the first out of the five areas that we're going to touch on today is, you know, number one is engagement and how to prevent ghosting, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then the next one, and then we'll get into depth on each of these. The next one is high turnover, right? Uh, and when we talk about turnover, we're not just talking about turnover, you know, as, as an employee, but turnover, like losing them throughout this, this journey of, of recruiting them, right? 
And we got number three, which is, you know, we got to be able to now that we've gotten them going through this journey, we got to be able to filter fast and make sure that we're getting the right ones. Number four, again, we're going to talk about, you know, how do you really pick a players from a behavioral psychology perspective versus just what's on the piece of paper, right? Look at the actual person, you know, themselves. And then number five, we're going to just touch on this, which is like, how do we set them up for success from an onboarding perspective, right? Where, you know, you've landed these people, you've gotten them, you know, to the gate and, and then they're with you for two weeks and then they're freaking gone, right? Or they don't work out. So number one, let's go deep into this. And and by the way, everybody listening in, I just want, I just want to say this is... Um, I'm not going to go heavy on on this at the beginning of this uh, podcast. We'll, we'll talk about it in more detail and how you guys can reach out to get access to this. But we have these five different, we have these five key steps and phases all solved for you guys from a done for you perspective. So if you're looking to have somebody that you know can actually get this done for you without you having to create all the stuff, and hey, go for it in creating it all. That's totally cool. That's why we're breaking this down, giving you all these different steps is we've got something that's done for you that, that actually it's like a, you know, like a, a key to a vehicle, right? Jay, where they can just take the key, start mm-hmm. it up and, and drive it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's talk about the first one, this trend, right. Of, of they ghost, right. Um, uh, and how we got to go about engaging with them. So like, what do we got to do differently? Like, how do you go about solving something like that? Right. So um, in terms of that, one of the things that, again, it starts with is our mindset as the owner. Okay. We have to realize that things have changed. It is no longer 1950. Um, The, you know, the way you got hired for your job is not the way you're going to hire today. Okay. That is not the way that you're going to bring somebody from first engagement through to, um, you know, hiring them, getting them on your job site. So a lot of owners want to skip that step because they're using their value system. Mm. Like they wouldn't do that when they said they'd show up to a job. Oh, I'll be there at the job. And I had very much the same value system realize. Okay. And be comfortable knowing that that has changed. All right. The generation Z, which is basically 1995 and, and on. All right. has been brought up in a culture where that is perfectly acceptable. All right. And on top of that, assume that these guys are well sought after. All right. So you're not the only one vying for their attention and trying to, you know, court them or get them uh, hired. So we have to be a little bit more persistent. Okay. This means, you know, just because somebody hasn't responded, I mean, you go about it in a way that allows you to do it um, without looking desperate, but you're going to, you're going to make a couple of tries on without, without being right? a national stalker. Right. So I want to give you, I want to give you a really cool, like tip that you can use immediately. All right. So for you guys out there that are having problems with guys ghosting, I want you to step back for a second um, and think about two approaches. One, I say, hi, I seen that you applied to my ad. Let's chat. That's one. Okay. The other one. And then you keep responding back like, hey, what's going on? Conversation, right? Right. Yeah. It's not a conversation. They haven't engaged with you or option two, send them a funny meme. Takes two seconds. Same thing. Right. I, I, I like the one those that are listening in and they're like, uh, yeah, a meme is like, uh, you know, something that's funny. You, you see them in your social media, but it, essentially it says a message in a picture that's right. moving. Right. So I, I like to send the one of like Porky Pig, you know, tapping his watch and being like, hey, what's going on? Right. So, right. I mean, again, somebody gets that and it's giving you a personality and some humor. All right. Another option, hire a copyright. 
get them to write these responses for you so that you're not always, you know, using language that would tell the person that's receiving it that, you know, this is just a desperate owner. Because let me tell you, everyone else is doing that. All right. You're not standing out. You know, so you good know, opportunity. You know, the thing is about hiring a copywriter is that mm-hmm. let's just put some age to this. Okay. So I'm, I'm in my early fifties. Okay. Anybody that I don't give a shit, I'm in my early fifties. So now everybody knows that's so great. Okay. You're, you're, you know, the age group behind me, right. You're in, you know, say the thirties type of thing. And here's the reality for me, guys, everybody listening in for me to try and pretend to be the copywriter. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to sound right. Everybody. It's mm-hmm. almost like a language change. Okay. It's almost like you're dealing with a different language. So if you're trying to do this yourself and you're in my age bracket and you're like, I haven't had any success with this. Part of the reason is because you're not able to sweeten the lure. You're not able to, you talk in in a way that's attractive to the prospect because they're speaking a different language. Would that be correct statement? Jay? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, And again, there's, there's a quick hack to that. You know, on your phone, you probably have access to memes right now. You don't even know it. Right. Send a meme and you will see an improvement in your response. Why? Because you're meeting them at their level. And what you have to understand as well is that the person that's receiving it, all right, they're generally nervous, panicked. Um, you know, they don't show up. Uh, again, the, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure that, uh, you know, this generation's not as good dealing with. They're, by, they're far more passive in terms of communication with a stranger because they've had text. They've had all of these um, technologies in place that allow them not to actually, like how many of you guys, you know, pick up and have a phone call anymore? That's true. Right? So think about your, your you know, younger generation, sons, daughters, all right, that have grown up with that kind of contact. Now you're asking them or you're reaching out to them to call them or, you know, who is this? I guarantee you that's, you know, that's going to affect the amount of engagement. And then overall, one thing about, you know, uh, a new worker or new, somebody coming into the workforce, even, you know, again, right up to my age, they're not accustomed to the, the kind of engagement that we're expecting using our 1950 style hiring process. Yeah. Okay. So warming it up, you know, making things lighter, encouraging them that, Hey, this is, you know, this is a, this is an easy conversation. This is an easy thing. We'll help them to, you know, take that next step. So again, you know, a lot of times they'll panic, right? They'll so say, technology, Hey, you know, technology and making this whole, we're going to go through these other four uh, phases of this. It, this all has to be digital. Would you agree? Oh, it, it has to be for two reasons. I mean, number one is just practical is speed. You have to move much faster, more How efficiently. How fast are we talking, dude? So I will tell you honestly, from our recruitment process, if someone that we see hits all the, the marks and, and, you know, we come up with like a four star on them, uh, we're picking up the phone within four minutes. That's how, that's how quick and fast we're moving. And now that phone call, um, if we can get them on the phone or if we can get them through text, we're, we're moving them as quickly as possible into a, um, either we do a digital, like we do zoom or we'll do even meet them on social media for uh, a face-to-face interview there. Um, or we'll continue to do a text till we get all the answers that we're looking for in our hiring process. And then again, we ask them, Hey, what are you comfortable with? I know, I know some people don't like to have zoom meetings, but you know, would you be comfortable with this? And just having the conversation, if you can open them up while they're still thinking about it and start to, you know, engage right away. Hey, how do you like, if, if we were to, you know, um, meet, how would you like to meet? No, 
So you, so you're meeting them, you're meeting them on their playing ground. Absolutely. Whereas, whereas the old school way would be like, no, man, you got to meet me at my office. Right. You got to, exactly. you got to, you got to. Okay. So I think we, we, you know, as far as, uh, you know, ghosting goes, you've got to be on top of this. You got to use automation. You've got to use technology. It can't just be, you know, am I right? It can't just be heavy lifting all the time or, or yeah. So, so there's two parts to this. Number one is you will never replace the human factor that's involved with recruitment. I just want to be clear. All right. So there is that, you know, there is some catchwords out there like, Hey, we'll, we'll automate, but automation works to a certain point. You will not remove the fact that this is a human to human connection. Okay. So speed. All right. Speed matters. So when someone applies and imagine this, okay, and I, I see our, you know, our members and, and people we work with miss this all the time. They have a candidate that applied for the job on Monday. They were really busy and didn't get back to them till Wednesday. All right. Now for a guy that doesn't really need a job, all right, or can go anywhere to get one, he's already got four offers and has moved forward. So an easy hack there is respond immediately. Hey, you know, thanks so much for reaching out. Here's a little information about my company. I'm really looking forward. Can we meet on this day? Yeah. Okay. Again, you've now made an offer right off the bat that they're going to engage with. So you've put yourself, it's like pulling your, you know, pulling your ticket out and putting it down and saying, Hey, you know what? It's, it's great to meet with me. Here's a little bit about myself. Let's break the ice. Let's, you know, let's warm you up. And then after that, you know, a nice gentle nudge, you know, Hey, about, we had the meeting scheduled for this date, like everything else, really looking forward to meeting you, like really supporting that whole, um, you know, journey that they're, so, they're so coming you gotta make it, all you listeners, you know, you got to, here's the reality, right? We're going to talk about number two in just two seconds here, but the reality is that you've, you've got to put your, either yourself or somebody on this so that you're able to provide that response time and get that level of engagement. Otherwise, you're missing out on, on, on opportunities that are already going to be gone in, in like in no time at all. Right. In no time right. at all. Okay. So, so, so this one, one yeah. thing I want to, I want to address uh, as well. So I want you to take it not just from, it's not just happening on the recruiter side. It's happening on the employer's side. Okay. Which is just as damaging. So I want you to take it. How many people have you not responded to? How many people, even though you weren't interested, you didn't send anything back. They took the time to come through your, 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 your lead source and you didn't give them the respect or the d dignity of responding to them and letting them know, Hey, you know, I appreciate it, but it may be not a great fit right yeah, now. You're blah, too blah, busy. You're out on the job site. Exactly. You're freaking so, quoting, doing all these other 18 different hats, right? You've got it, but you've independently. Okay. So imagine it from a couple of different scenarios, but we'll just take the first one. All right. I'm a, I'm a new to the workforce, 20, 22 year old. Okay. And I was looking like I wanted to work for you. All right. I called your business three times, four times. Uh, you know, I sent you an email. You never got back to me. All right. Flash forward five years. I'm now the prime candidate you're looking for. But what do I think about you? Right. All because you didn't take that little bit of time to give the courtesy of saying, hey, all right. Thank you for your application, you know, and following through on these things. So you got to remember that it goes both ways. And this is a good point. Okay. Moving on to the next one this is a good point. Think about, ask yourself this question, everybody listening in, how long do you plan on being in business for? Okay. Most of you are going to respond with like, man, at least the next 10 or 15 years. So think about what Jay is saying. You're either creating a foundation 
over the next 10 to 15 years of people planting the seeds with people that, hey, you're a good place to work for, or you're somebody that they they, they would be willing to come back to maybe later on in their career, or, mm-hmm. or you're creating, you know, opportunities for your competition to go and get those people because they're never going to apply to you when they see your ads because they're like, this guy didn't respect me. This guy didn't, you know, follow up with me. He didn't take time. And in didn't see value in me. So guys, make sure that you're looking at this bigger picture, not just like I need somebody tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about number two, following, you know, having a, having a hiring process, you know, yes. we talked, we talked about the turnover, right? We talked about, yep. you know, people think when, the, when I say turnover, they think, you know, they're an employee and they're working for me for two months, three months, and then they, and then they leave. No, we're going to talk about that part three. Okay. We're talking about turnover during your hiring process, which most of you in all honesty, it's okay that you don't have a hiring process because that's the majority out there, but you've got to create one or yep. get somebody else that already has a hiring process. I talked about the done for you, um, having, you know, that already applied and just, you can just turnkey it. So let's talk about turnover elaborate a little bit about that like when does this happen? yeah so there so again um you know I've, I've got to see it from both perspectives so we have a high volume uh recruitment plan where we're you know we're doing almost 100 interviews a month in general so Seriously? we are sorry 100, 100 interviews a month 100 applications my 100 apologies applications okay yeah. 100 applications that's yeah still and that's right? that's just that's just to make two hires per month all right so that's the numbers that we're playing with and we're reputable we have a good reputation you know we're branded that is the numbers that we are up against in this labor shortage. Now, the key to this is understanding that I do have a hiring process. So meaning I am not out, especially at this point in time, to hire just anybody and the first guy that has a pulse. Okay. And this is what a hiring process does to protect the business and you. Okay. So the cost of a bad hire um, is almost double of not hiring anybody at all. All right. So again, when I think of hiring process, um, you know, I look at it as a set of procedures and steps that I am looking to identify the behavior or the patterns that I see in my ideal avatar of an employee. Okay. Mm -hmm. So to get this in perspective, take the best guy that's ever worked for you, your ideal employee. What did he like? How did he respond? You know, what was his, his mannerisms? Look for that kind of behavior. And you're going to start to find that there's a pattern to it. Okay. Yeah, you the guys you right? work best. That's right. It's rinse and re- rinse and repeat. Once you identify that personality, you can then build that into some steps that anybody can follow. That's important. Okay. Because owners, in my experience, should not be frontline hiring. All right. You have a unfair bias that forces you to make decisions. And even I make them too, because I am, I'm seeing the business from the top down and I know I need these guys and I need this, but it, it can, um, it can damage my my judgment, okay? You need somebody that's going to remain somewhat neutral in this process and ask the right questions that identify the behavior that you're looking for, okay? Um, and so where we lose a lot of guys in the whole, you know, the whole engagement of this, all right? And um, where it's- um, Where, where you know, does this come, turnover take place? It, it, it actually starts in the- in the, the way that you engage to begin with, okay. right? How quickly you move them to, yep. you know, move them through their steps. So think of the journey, all right? Yep. You know, that pathway that you set up is a procedure or hiring process. And then where we we lose them is we get them to, let's say, an interview or a phone interview. And we ask them open-faced questions. We don't tell them anything about us. No warm-up, no nothing. Hey, you know, I heard you're looking for a job. You start Thursday. That's not a hiring process, 
Okay. That is a surefired way to make sure you get ghosted on that too. That's a, tur- right? a turnover process. Right. So I ask him a little bit. Yeah. That is literally setting yourself up for failure. So we have to, we have to actually slow down to speed up here. Okay. Not everybody. And I'm going to say the high percentage of people for, you know, if you're really looking to do this right, are not uh, going to fit your business. Okay. So you see how it's kind of turned around. They're a prize until they get to the interview. That's where we switch it and we make ourselves the prize. All right. We make sure that they understand that, listen, these are the opportunities. I would love to, you know, go through this. And we have a whole script we have. And more importantly, I don't do this. It gets done the same way, same questions, same everything. It's every proven, right? You've got data. Time. That's You've right. Data points, right? You know, that's right. Data, and you wouldn't have been able to say what you said earlier, saying like, I get this many applicants. Yep. I'm going to get, I'm going to get this many people that are going to come on board. And, and you, you that's know, right. throughout the whole process from data, right? We've got the, we've got the dashboards at PFC, but we, we yep. can see at the different levels. Yeah. We're, we're totally on track. We're like, we're right. guaranteed to get the outcome that we want. Right. That's right. It's very much a numbers game. So again, when we're talking about this hiring process, what you have to understand, yes, it does involve, you know, having specific questions when you do an interview, it does involve how that person gets to the interview, how they're engaged, how they're kept warm, you know, how we respond, how we tell them, hey, listen, this isn't a great fit, but, you know, I have this other opportunity. Or, you know, again, you got to think of this whole thing from start to finish as a journey, just like with your client. Okay. All right. And, And again, it's a lot easier for guys. I don't know why, but it's so much easier for me to talk about a sales marketing um, you know, client journey than it is to talk about recruitment. And it, it makes me laugh because they're the exact same thing. You are selling yourself to someone, all right? You are selling your business. And essentially, you're also screening that person, be it your client or your recruit, to see if they're a good fit for your business. You don't just go and do business with anybody, do you? It's it's true. You know, here's the thing. I'm going to give you my two cents on this just really quickly. I think mm-hmm. it's a comfort zone thing. Okay. Every, yep. every owner of a contracting business, you guys take pride in being in some form or fashion, the salesperson. Okay. Either you currently are the salesperson, which a lot of you are, um, or you're, you know, you, you've handed over that role, but you, you know, you were a salesperson and you took pride in it and you had in your mind, even if you didn't have it laid out. Yeah. These are the steps. This is what you do. Here's how you do it. We say a hiring process and that it's the same as, as a sales and, and, you know, a marketing and sales process. You're like, what? Because you've never been, you know, familiarized with the hiring process. So just to let you know, okay. Jay's hitting the nail on the head here. You know, you can systematize your marketing. You can systematize your sales process. Okay. You know, you guys are probably really good at sales and, and, and either you have it in your mind and you're good at it. You can become very, very good at this. Okay. Or you can bring other people in, which is even better that are already good, who already have the systems, who already know what the results are going to be and to get those results for you. So anything else on, on the hiring process before we get into fast? Yeah. There's just one more about it. So the reason you have a process is because you can't you can't manage what you can't measure, all right? Mm-hmm. So when you change up and you take interviews differently, because people come in with different personalities, if you change to that interview, you never ever figure out what works because you're constantly changing, redeveloping. Like there's no no structure, all right? So why I I say like heavy on the process, especially in hiring, is because eventually, as you do it more and more often, following the steps, you start to make improvements and know what works and what doesn't. And like I said, it's subtle little things that that you know separate the you know the the top 
employers from the the bottom of the barrel, right? So we have to have the, that strategy in place and think about it this way. You as the owner, all right, or whoever's listening, want to be able to hand this off seamlessly to somebody else, okay? That's a true, like, step of a process. A three-year-old could run it, essentially, yeah. right? Yeah. Now we know what to improve. Then when we improve something or change something, we know, hey, this worked, or no, it didn't. Let's move back to the other thing. Dude, you know, it's funny. I just did a podcast. And um, it, so anybody listening in, uh, there's a podcast that might be in between this part one, part two. Um, but anyways, uh, with Tim Riley. And, you know, he was talking about uh, in the podcast on how he's so freaking pumped and jacked because he's been able to hire these lead hands. And he struggled, right, in, in he's putting out these ads and nobody was biting, right? And he's he was trying his best. He had a call with one of her coaches. She, you know, looked at, looked at it and was like, the, you know, the language is, is way back to, you know, hiring a copywriter or having the stuff proven out. She went and changed it, right? Act as almost like the copywriter, you know, he put those ads out there and next thing you know, boom, you know, he, and, and applying that, you know, using our hiring process here, he was able to go and mm -hmm. land a couple of lead hands. He said, you know, coach, he goes, one of the biggest challenges that, uh, that I went from being challenged to, man, there's nobody out there to like, Oh my God, now, 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 I, now I have to make these decisions because I found so mm -hmm. many top talented people. Right. right. So, so the fun part about that guys, and here's the, here's the point that, that should be made is that that having the hiring process actually reduces the amount of work that you have to do. Mm. All right. And allows you to delegate, but how many are willing to sit down? And I mean, again, you don't have to be fancy, write it down, pick five questions, six questions. Like, just think about what does the recruit come through? How do I engage with them? You know, and follow that. Okay. Yeah. That's the beauty of, of, you know, having a process in place. And again, at its core, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a big Hollywood production, but it does have to have, you know, points in it that make sense. Right. Yes. And, and that and you that can measure that it's digital. That's right. right. That's right. Okay. So let's just touch on this next one, uh, which is filtering fast. And then, you mm -hmm. know, I want to, then I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, on the behavior side, mindset side of things, like when they're yep. actually, when we're actually doing the face to face, you know, live in, um, interview. So, mm -hmm. um, Let's talk about uh, filtering fast. You know, we, 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 we emphasize the importance of, you know, having some form of uh, application process versus just looking yeah. at their resumes. What are some of the ways? So, and the reason we're talking about filtering fast, everybody just recognize where we're at in this journey on this, po on this podcast. Okay. So we've, you know, we are, I already explained about part one, we're in part two. Now where we're at is they've engaged with us. We've more importantly engaged with them. You know, we've got a hiring process. They're coming through this actual process. And now we've gotten them to the stage where, you know, like Jay said, we switched the tables. We went from them being the prize to us being the prize. And now, now we're in a position to filter fast. How do we go about do that, Jay? And, and what are some of the consequences if we don't get this right? Okay. So again, I will emphasize this. Um, we want to make sure that we're being patient and that we have identified the behavior that we're looking for, okay? So behavior, uh, a lot of guys get confused about this. So this could be as simple as your application, all right, has a set of questions in there that mm -hmm. allow you to identify, is this close to my avatar, semi-close? I like to use star systems. You know, we've got a one to five. They answer, you know, 10 questions on our application. In those 10 questions, I know right away, just from experience, Okay, who is an actual, you know, a player or potentially an A player, 
All right. This can be done two different ways. So a lot of guys think application like filling out paper and pen and it's, it's cumbersome. No, no, no. You can do this through, you know, text. You can do this through phone calls. You, but you need to make sure they've answered all the questions that are important for that role. Okay. So again, it, t- it takes a little bit of planning. All right. You're going to ask the same 10 questions. I don't know about too many guys on here, but like, I don't, I won't remember 10 questions. All right. Dude, if, dude, if, if I had to do it over again. to go to the freaking grocery store right. by the end of this call, I would have forgotten half of them. Right. So again, we're going to write those down. We're going to make it an application if need to be. Maybe you send out an email. There's a million ways to do, but make sure your questions are answered and know why you're asking them. Uh, too many so times. Important? Why is that so? Too important? many times I see guys that have other, maybe other businesses have given them an application and they've got questions on there that have, they, they don't even know what they mean. Like, you know, would, would you not hire someone because maybe they work for your uncle's company or something like it's just crazy questions on there. Know what they mean and have, have them relate to why you're going to hire them or why you're not going to hire them. Mm -hmm. So the next part of that is drawing a line in the sand and saying, if they score less than this, all right, whether I like them or don't like them. And that's probably the biggest tip I can give you here. Okay. Is you don't have to like them. You don't, they don't have to interview. Well, they don't, they could blow the interview. But because they've answered questions properly and given you the, the answers correctly that give you those score things, you may end up hiring them. And let me tell you, this was a big, big, big aha for me and my business. So let me and I, just get this straight. So you're telling <laughs> yeah. me that we can hire people that we don't like, like? Right. So what do owners typically do? They always hire people that are like them. Mm. Okay. It's a, it's a common thing. And you know what? even top recruiters are trained not to do this because you have a natural bias. You make assumptions around people. Okay. That may or may not be true. All right. Based on what you are comfortable with. And there's the key. Okay. So I learned this a not little what while you ago. Need. So there's a difference right. between what you're comfortable <laughs> with and what you actually need. That's right. So again, why do we think these roles out? Why do we add the avatar? Why do we go through the steps of actually doing the work to figure out what would fit this position. Okay. Because it's a pattern. All right. And let me tell you the best thing that ever happened to me in my hiring recruiting life was realizing that I don't have to like them. I've got guys in my company right now that in fact, if I had to tell you personally, as I wouldn't hang out with them, I wouldn't want to be their friend. I don't like them personally, but they checked the boxes and I was able to separate my emotions and my viewpoints and my opinions away and give these guys a shot. And it worked out better than I could imagine because they can actually do things that maybe they're better at me, better than I was at. Now, is it still important that they fit with the team, but not so For much? sure. Absolutely. But, okay, but again, right. most owners are dominant. All right. So that, that we come across, they're very, they're high D personality and it, it takes that kind of initiative. If you go out and try and hire 10 high Ds, okay, you're going to find out very quickly that there's going to be a whole lot of headbutting. All right. And there's going to be a lot of conflict. If you're looking for the guy that's your buddy and your friend and the, like the guy that I know, I'm, me as an owner, I had this problem too. I hired the guys that I liked that made me laugh and like were really easy to talk to in the interview. But the worst for my kind of business, because it is a very compliant, right? Steady thing. So the guy that was kind of shy and quiet and like, you know, didn't have a lot to say and answered short that before I would assume is, you know, well, he's you know, he's not with it. He's not, you know, he's not there. What's this guy going to do? And I, I, 
let my let my he's not like you get in the way right because he's not like me but that role that i needed him for he's perfect for and i missed it time and time and time again huge this is huge so you know make sure that you get this principle that you don't need to like them okay and it's really you know three core things you know super quickly that have to that jay's talking to they have to have the right attitude for the you know for the job and the position they have the right fit with the team that doesn't mean that yeah. they fit with you they but they fit with the team jive with the team okay and last but not least okay uh skill set right so they got to have the mm-hmm. right skill set okay so we talked a little bit about number 4 which is uh, heavily about behavior, but let's let's just dig a little bit deeper in that. As far as like, how do you? I guess you have to have behavioral based questions, right? Or that, do, that's or is right. There, is there any is there any personality profiling or things of that nature that you do? Yeah. So I mean, we we take ours. Um, so I'll give you a, an example of how you can test a behavior. Okay. So let's imagine that I'm going to hire for for me. It's a top end metal man. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask him, hey, listen, before you come to the interview, I'd love to see your work. Could you send me a couple of photos of your favorite job? Right. Okay. So you see right away a guy that's truly like about his trade and, and is, you know, perfect for that role and that we know the avatar fit. Look at oh, me. yeah. He's got his phone jammed full of them. He's sending all these pictures of jobs, his work. He's proud to show it. Okay. Tick. All right. Great. I see it on this job. Could you tell me where that was located? Boom. You I'll tell you, you listen, I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say this to everybody. Okay. We're always upgrading at profit for contractors. Okay. And what do I mean by that? And I'm, I'm sharing something that some people might be shocked by, but I'm just going to be super upfront with you. Okay. Um, what do I mean by always upgrading? Okay. We, we have, we've had many different phases of hiring processes. Okay. But we've taken this thing to a completely different level. When, when, when we tested this and, and all the stuff has been tested in, in, you know, in contractors businesses, starting with Jay's business. Okay. So we know this stuff works. When he started showing me some of these pictures that these guys were sharing with him, I was just like, holy shit. Because honestly, everybody listening in, I'll be the first to say, I'm, I wasn't the best to take this to the next level because I'm that older generation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when Jay and the team took this to, uh, you know, this hiring process, you know, to the next level, it's amazing. These millennials, they, they have all this stuff right on their phone. Like, it's like, I'm mm-hmm. like, that guy just shared that picture of you regarding that steel roof. Holy mm-hmm. shit, man. Yeah. And look at this one. Look at this one. Look at this one. So now think about what's happening. What's happening, Jay, just describe, you know, from a behavioral perspective, step number four here. Okay. What's happening with the prospect? Right. So you're doing, you're doing two things here, right? So number one, as you, as you can imagine, I've now proven to myself and I've, I've checked the box, but more importantly, I'm building a relationship with him at his level. Okay. Or hit her level. So by talking about those things in like, before we waste any of their time or, or, you know, go to an interview, Hey, you know, great. You've worked on this site, that site. Could you share the address with me of that? You know, and, and lead them to the next question. So we know that they're, they're very proud of their work. They're probably working for someone reputable or that they've, you know, had a job site, they have experience. So again, we're starting to see a behavior pattern develop. And we know from our avatar that they will always be open to doing this. Now, if they send the pictures four days later and they're grainy, they're like kind of off, that gives me an indicator point that, you know what, maybe this guy isn't, maybe he's a YouTube hero 
And we, we all know those guys that come in and, and, you know, he was a laborer on a job, but now wants to be the metal man. So we get, we get some clues there. Okay. Other behavioral questions are not asking open-ended questions. Like, you know, you want to talk about somebody's leadership ability. Don't come out and ask them, Hey, are you a great leader? Yeah. Great. Awesome. Okay. Ask, give them a scenario, right? So in this scenario, what, what would you do? How would you, how would you respond? Right. Mm. You know, how would you uh, respond to a client offering you money on a job site? Right. Watch how they respond because it doesn't give them, you're asking how they would respond. And could you give me an example of that? All right. So again, it's forcing them and they can't give you, you know, tell you what you want to hear. All right. People really get stumped on these. Sometimes it gives you the advantage as the employer, but more importantly, you're engaging the right candidate because the guys that are being honest and the guys that are worthwhile for you to hire. Okay. You're only going to lift them up and have them validated to you. All right. Now you've turned the script. Now they're really, you know, again, you start asking some of these questions. You're you're starting to show your cards around your culture, right? You're starting to show that it matters to you and you care about uh, the workmanship. And now they're Mm -hmm. like, man, I care about the workmanship. And now there's similarities. Now, like you said, there's this relationship, right? Right. By the way, let's keep in mind. Keep in mind, we, we need to almost delete a certain word out of your vocabulary that you've been using for a little bit. I've just noticed is that it's not you say, you know, when you're saying like I or whatever. No, no. You're, you're, That's you, yeah. yeah you, you've got a team of people that are doing this mm-hmm. behind the Absolutely. scenes for you, right? Absolutely. I, I have no hand in the hiring process whatsoever. <laughs> okay. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But the, right. okay. So, so. That's number four. Let's talk about number five. So we've gotten them to the stage, like literally gotten them to the stage where, you know, we need to, and we're just going to touch on this, where we want to, we want to present to them. We're going to get into depth on this at part three. Okay. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how do we set them up for knowing that they're set up for success from an onboarding perspective? So this is a great question. And I think, um, you know, again, a lot of contractors miss this opportunity. So retention. All right. So your retention of a staff member, okay, or a new hire actually starts from first engagement, as we've discussed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if you're following it through, it's all about consistency. You got to think of this as the same as a client journey, the same as they're having. There, there is, even when you get up to job interview, there's no obligations, there's no commitments. Okay. Great. But we've, we've started down the right path by engaging them, qualifying your business to them and making sure they qualify to you. You've started out a, a true relationship by getting them to respond, um, you know, emotionally and, you know, share with you, you know, how, how they would treat certain things. Now, where I see a lot of guys, if they have followed these steps through, okay, fall off is great. Show up tomorrow. The heading in the trick will take you out. Great. I'm owner's hands off. This guy just feels like he's been dumped in the wild, wild west. Okay. There's no warm up, no nothing. And again, with millennials, remember that they, they they expect things differently okay so you'll hear me bring this up i know this only because i had to find out the hard way me as the owner interviewing guys i was biased i made poor hires okay and then i did an even worse thing i built those guys up so i sold well i sold the business well to them day one they show up i throw them out in the truck with eddie and down the road they go the guy quits in two days i ask why you know not a right fit not, not a good place for me. And I, and I, and again, I'm, I'm scratching my head, like what is going on? Mm. And what I had to do is realize through data um, is first of all, my retention of new 
hires or new, um, you know, new people under 90 days, right? 15%. 15%. Okay. And we hired 50 people that just churn, churn, churn. Okay. So going back to it, I slowed down. You have to slow down to speed up and think, okay, I know I did a great interview or I didn't do a great interview. I got someone to do a very like, you know, I'm not building them up. There's no empty promises, but I'm being consistent now. I've got them to the point where they're agreeing to show up to work. What was going wrong between there and them staying? Mm-hmm. And this came up is onboard. All right. So I know we're not going to go deep, deep into this, but just, to, onboarding, just tell, so what is onboarding? And then, and so then we'll onboarding essentially, essentially is welcoming somebody to your business mm-hmm. and providing them with a success plan. Okay. Setting them up for success, right? Absolutely. So you got to remember everything you say from your job ad, okay, job descriptions, everything else has to match the experience that they have. So describing the experience, giving them a roadmap. Millennials are different than the last generation. The last generation had no problem showing up, just doing their job. You know, it was a shut up and work kind of mentality. These millennials, they want a pathway, they want to be given a direction. They're open to training, which is excellent. That's where we're seeing a massive improvement over the last generation is that these guys, want, they expect to be trained, okay? Mm-hmm. So onboarding provides that training, but more importantly, it gently gets them into your business, makes them feel welcome, allows them to contribute, and they're not standing there like, what, what's next? Or, you, you know, again, you've given them a bad impression. So mm-hmm. I'll give it to you a scenario in the sales side, okay? We sold the job yesterday. Without any notice, I just showed up and I started ripping off the roof. Oh, yeah, we had to do I had no contract signed. I had nothing. It just there we go. We showed up. We just started ripping off the roof. How many homeowners would appreciate that? Not, not too many. I didn't big even problem. pick a color with them. I just put the color I want to put big, on. Big, big problem. Yep. You yeah, big problem. Yeah. So, so same thing with your onboarding is you have to think, and this is where the problem is, is most of us are maybe old millennials, we'll call them, and we never got onboarding. We never were onboarded ever, right? It was just show up to work. So we, we, we sort of took pride place. in just being able to be thrown to the wolves. Like, hey, man, they just threw me to the wolves, right? Where right. It's, not, it's not like that anymore, guys. You can't it's be not. thinking like that. Okay, so so we're going to get into depth on the on, on on the onboarding in part three, okay? Which is really how to how to retain and build an A team. So we're going to talk not just about this new hire as far as onboarding, but onboarding actually applies to your current employees as well. So we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that and lots of other things. But um, let's just take a moment. I've I've mentioned very briefly about this, you know, this, this done for you type of uh, service. Um, we'll just take a couple of minutes and just describe to everybody else. Like they might have some questions like, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, and sure. who is it and who is it for? Okay. So the bottom line here, guys, and, and I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share it from a data perspective on average right now, it's taking 50 applications per hire. Okay. Just a standard. Um, in that 50 applications, we have nothing less than five interactions. Okay. To make one hire. So add that up. That's 250 interactions to make one hire. Okay. To do this properly. And then not, not, to forget interviews, all the other like the steps, cover off trials, all like, five, all you know, right. things, the engagement, so, all the relationship, all the rest of right. The, so, the so the average owner, it's impossible. They don't have that time. You don't have time to send five texts a day, let alone 250 or you know, however many you have in your funnels. Yeah. So let's take it from just purely that that perspective. 
you know, what we've done is essentially we're allowing you to outsource that process. Okay. Let us handle it. Um, we got the systems. We have the, you know, the ability to um, take that process off your hands and bring them to you in a state where they're ready to be interviewed and onboarded. Okay. Are, are you, let me just, let me just be the, let me be the listener. Okay. Are you telling mm-hmm. me that you're, you have this done for you that right at the front end of the marketing that you can actually bring in these people that the raise their hand? Is that what you're saying? All the way through to actually landing somebody? Yeah. So again, it's uh, it's a process. So the, this whole thing is is a complete process. All right. So I'm talking about covering your steps. Um, what you know, if you decide if you want us to hire the one through you know one through four, okay, right. we will do that for you. And this makes sense because you can't do it efficiently enough to make good hires. You can do it to hire anybody and turn them over and like not have the right fits and you know constantly be in this struggle. Um, you know, where you you don't have the right guys, you don't have enough guys, there's the whole problem, but it started with how you went through that process. So you outsource that to us, we take care of it, we're really good at it, Um, we'll make it look easy. Um, It's easier for the owner, and it just makes sense, right? We know you guys, you're busy, you you know, we hear it day in and day out, we want you focusing on the bigger level, higher level things. And hiring, believe it or not, is not a mystical creature. All right, it's not a, it's not a unicorn. All right. Um, and every business could afford to do this well and do this better because it has changed. And we, you know, we feel that we have a, um, a system that well, works we know super we efficient. Have, we, we yes, we do. Right. We're, we know. Yeah. We okay. So, so, you know, put yourself guys, and I'm going to ask Jay this question, then we'll wrap this baby up with like Jay's last comment. And my last comment is like, you know, Jay, if you were to look at, you know, all the contractors out there, how many of them would have a system like this? 1%. Less than. Now, another way to look at it, and I, I love this comment, is now imagine I come in and I help your competitor do what he has to do. How long is it before you're out of business? Because we're, you know, this is this is giving you an advantage that nobody has or is that or that they're using. Well, and let, let, let's let me ask you this question. So we got this little baby here. I've pulled this up a couple of times, right? A couple of times. Right? <laughs> How to steal your competitors, trades people, and we got ethically, right? This is, is this an ethical approach? 100%. Okay. So guys, it's no bullshit. Okay. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you. Jay made a good point. You know, if we're helping out your competition, the pools in which I'll we're be coming be for attracting, you. <laughs> what's that or what? I'll be coming for you. That's yes. if you're not, if you're not on again and, and vice versa, there's going to be companies that get a hold of what we're doing and, uh, you know, eventually it will be the market quo, but you have a opportunity here to be the predator in the market. Go get the guys that you deserve for your business, make good hires and ride out this labor shortage. Like I said, uh, more than a few times on these pods, I have not seen a bigger opportunity in the last decade with this labor shortage than I see now, because I know exactly what I have to do to, to solve it. Yeah. How do they, how do they get in touch, Jay? How do, how do they, if they want to raise their hand, what do they do? Um, yeah, so we have a, I mean, you can go to our website, you can go to our Facebook group page. Um, you know, you can, you can so reach so, out. Yeah, to, we got the Profitable Contractors Association, right? Yeah. Part of that, I think there's like, I don't know, 12 or 15,000 people inside that thing. But, um, you know, you can join that group and you can raise your hand. You can, you know, you can go to the website. You can, um, you know, lots of different ways uh, that you can engage with us, you know, that I just mentioned. Comment on Instagram, wherever. Okay, you guys can definitely. Mail us a letter. 
Yeah, you, yeah you, exactly, right? <laughs> Send the letter to Santa Claus. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I think let's wrap this up. What would be your one, what would be your one um, comment, uh, you know, your wrap-up comment to the listeners right now? Yeah, so I think it's just, um, you know, just making a decision, okay? Um, either you're going to invest and learn this yourself and become a world-class recruiter like you need to be in this labor shortage, all right? Or you're going to be smart and you're going to delegate this, right? Delegate this off. You know, it doesn't even have to be with us, I guess. Um, you know, although we would like that, but get this either be in or be out because there is no in the middle. And all you're doing is damaging your brand and reputation and losing opportunities if you're not committed to following, you know, the entire process. Miss any of those steps and your results will speak. And it doesn't matter what type of contractor you are, correct? Nope. Okay. Nope. Beautiful. Okay. It doesn't matter if you get five guys or 20 guys or what. Nobody's getting this right yet. Right. Like Nobody's this is so, right. this is such a big, big problem. I mean, every employer is going through the same thing. So, I mean, no one's got it right. Love it. Okay. So uh, my last comment is um, similar to Jay's. Look, uh, what's not acceptable is that you don't take some form of action. Okay. Sitting mm -hmm. on your ass and not doing something about this. Okay, we covered off a lot of gold here. You can take what we covered off and try to apply it yourself. And you know, I really hope that it works for you. And it definitely is going to improve things dramatically for you. Okay, or you can get something that's done for you, turnkey, and and make it happen and get get the people that you need. You know, um, proactively. You know, get them get them now. Get them in the future. Get them down the road. Okay, this is not just a system for like a one time shot. This is going to be something that's going to actually solve your hiring problem. Okay. And it doesn't matter who you're hiring for. I don't care if it's a PM, if it's a, you know, a men person. I don't care if it's, you know, the guys in the field or helpers. This applies to every single position. Correct, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. All the way up to management, all the way through. So there again, beautiful. doesn't okay, change. That's another No Bullshit Podcast for contractors. Um, you know, congratulations if you listened up to this point because you're getting uh, insights on, you know, how to take your business, contracting business and your hiring process to the next level. We will see you on the flip side. And thanks to Jay, my man, for uh, joining us. And we'll be coming back with part three and uh, rocking the house, man. Hey, rock stars. Thank you for watching the No Bullshit Podcast for Contractors. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button. And if you're serious about growing and need help, click on the link below. Myself and my team would love to help and give you the necessary tools so you can take your contracting business to the next level. And remember, dominate, delegate, and deliver.